Brainstorm, the podcast exploring how our minds work, how work affects us, and how we can best deal with it. We are Aidan Camis and Damiano Tescaro, explorers of the office jungle and mental health aficionados. Buckle up, because ideas are about to get wild. Like Damiano said, you're our first guests and absolutely our best guests. Have you got one? <laughs> have you got if, if there was if there was one thing that people had to take away from from today, if there was one thing that you would like people to go away and do uh, after listening to this, what would that be? That would be for them to start the survey in their team. Fantastic. Bastian, what are you? What's the one thing that you want people to do? Yeah, maybe think, go through the questions and think how psychologically safe they feel. And maybe what would be the one or two things they could eventually do different themselves to increase the psychological safety in a team. Hello and welcome to episode three of Brainstorm, uh, the podcast where Aiden always wishes that he had a script in front of him instead of making it up as he goes along. <laughs> I'm joined here by the wonderful Damiano. Hello, hello, everyone. As well as Alexi Monvio and Bastian. Bastian, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten your last name. Schwippert. We have, a, we have a good mix of, of names today, right? We have Italian, English, French, and German. It's incredible. Uh, Welsh, Welsh, not English. I'm going to call oh, you up apologies. on that there, Damiano. That, there's a point back for me for completely destroying the pronunciation there. Um, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, today is a very exciting episode. We're going to talk about psychological safety. And it's an interesting episode for many reasons. One is the first time we have guests on the podcast. So welcome, Alexi, and welcome, Bastian. Welcome Second in. thing is psychological um, safety is a very hot topic at the moment. There is a lot of conversation going around. And just yesterday, I attended the uh, unconscious bias training. And I feel that this is the perfect time to, to talk about this, especially because we have two experts with us. So maybe, Alexi, Bastian, would you like to introduce yourself quickly to tell people who you are, how are you today, and what do you do? Oh, yes, with pleasure. So I'm uh, Alexi Monville. Um, thank you for having us on the Brainstorm. Uh, it's really cool. I joined the EMEA leadership team a few months ago as the chief of staff to the, the general manager. I come over from the US. No, no, I'm not from the US. I'm, <laughs> I'm originally from France. And um, yeah, I just relocated in, uh, in, in France in December. I come over from the product and technology part of the company. Um, I was in the engineering leadership team in a similar role. And my main focus is to make our organization operate at the highest level of performance in a sustainable manner. We will see that it's really connected with psychological safety in a second. So, Bastian, your turn. No, then we have a quite similar focus. That's that's interesting, Alexi. So, um, I start with my focus and then with the role. My focus is to um, help the organization to bring associate experience, engagement, and success for for uh, the organization together. And success is very close to high performance and definitely to sustainable high performance. My role is HR business partner for sales services and marketing in EMEA. My background is yeah roughly about 20 years in, in different roles in HR. And this is definitely uh, a very 
interesting and fascinating and powerful topic we are talking today about. Indeed. Welcome. Absolutely. We are delighted to have you. And I think it's fantastic that we have this double perspective, right? We have from an HR perspective, Bastian, of course, with your experience and Alexi with your technological and sort of the view from a chief of staff, I guess, it's going to be extremely interesting. I would propose to kind of kick off the dance. What does psychological safety mean for you in one sentence? This is this is a really really hard one, um, <laughs> yes. because in one sentence I would say other people call that emotional connectivity, which could mm. makes you understand what it could mean. It's more difficult than that. I think the team performance aspect is a big one. I think we need to go into the story on that. When Google started to review the performance of 180 teams. They were looking at all the behaviors that affect team performance. And they didn't find really something until they looked at all the 50 years of academic studies and found psychological safety and realized that it was the single thing. That was the most important thing for team performance. So wow. I would say if I could make a sentence with emotional connectivity and team performance, I think I would have something there. That's very interesting. I've got shivers. I love that. You're right. <laughs> that was beautiful. And Bastian, how, how do you feel about psychological safety? What, what does it mean for you? Yeah, I think uh, Alexi really um, uh, is spot on. When people feel psychological safe, they, they are at their best. They, mm. they feel safe to be authentic and allowing others to feel safe to be authentic too. Yeah? And, and this has a lot to do with respecting others and trusting others. I love that part actually of trust. I, I really, really like that. Aidan, I think, you know, we have to go around the table. So how do you, how do you feel <laughs> it's about that? It's a very long distant table. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. For, for me, psych safety, the... The key part is it's it's bringing humanity to the core of everything that we do. You know, you can, you see, I've I've seen a lot of time with uh, customers, a lot of you know, you have these initiatives that are going to make everything great, or oh, we're we've brought in a new tool that's going to allow us all to be super hyper productive, uh, the best mm. versions of ourselves. But a lot of the time, it can focus on the productivity, do more things in less time, but if you're not addressing the actual key component, which is the people that work there, you're you're never going to see success. Um, I mean, for me, I, I believe that caring about the people that you work with, caring about how they feel and what their aims and goals are in life should should be a goal to strive for in its own right. But the data show that I st still saying the data show as a plural is so difficult to say as a <laughs> yes. native English speaker. But um, not only is it just a nice thing to strive towards, but it actually pays itself off in so many ways. You can just investing a little bit more time into making people feel comfortable to talk openly about things they're afraid of or encouraging people to own up to their mistakes and let them know that they're not going to be punished. This isn't... This isn't like a, a school where you say, oh, you got something wrong. You're going to sit in the naughty corner. If someone makes <laughs> a mistake, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want someone to say I made a mistake because I'd rather know about it then than find out a year later and find out that they've been hiding it because they're afraid of punishment. Oh, so yeah. for me, it's, it's about just treating people as human beings. And uh, positive side of that is 
you get that productivity out the other side of it. Yes. Very true. And your, your productivity, you mentioned an important point. I think when we think about our culture, one key part of this is the best idea wins no matter where it comes from. And to make sure the people raise their voice and add their idea and feel comfortable to do so no matter where they come from, this you're only doing this if you feel psychologically safe, no matter where you are in the hierarchy and also to have creative ideas that are a bit out of the box and might be unpopular in the first moment. This is something you, you only do when you feel safe. A hundred percent. So important. And if I was, uh, let's say now I'm, I'm going to wear the, let's say I'm going to come from the perspective of the associate, right? The normal person. And I myself have worked in the past in toxic environments where psychological safety was not even remotely something that worried, you know, anyone really. And I'm thinking, you know, everybody that listens to the podcast and thinks, okay, this is important. It sounds nice, but is this something that the business is actually interested in? And Alexei, you were mentioning before there was this study with Google. Do you want maybe to give a bit of background as to the actual business data that we have that showcase and supports how important psychological safety is for the whole organization? Yeah, I think the, the, their study was really interesting for, from that perspective. Because when they looked at it, they, they've seen that psychological safety was the single most powerful predictor of team performance with real right. numbers linked to that. So, for example, we always hear people saying we need to reduce attrition. And, of course, attrition is, is a problem in some cases because it costs you a lot to hire people and it takes time and so on and so on. Reducing attrition by 27% is something important. The, the other thing that are really important, you, you spoke about hiding a mistake. Yeah, it's a problem that is costing lives in some environment. Reducing serious mistakes by 40% is something important. And you reduce serious mistakes because you speak about things that you are unsure openly. Instead of staying quiet because, yeah, you don't really know if you can say that. Or you don't, you don't really know if you are right. So those are really important aspects. And the last one is really, really also interesting. It increased productivity by 12%. 12% is huge. Mm -hmm. Just ask a company if they, if they would be comfortable to have 12 more percent of productivity. They probably have said, yes, that would be yes, nice. Please. <laughs> so it's important for the business from that perspective of performance. And I think when you look at what it is, it's important for the people. It's important for the people because when you increase your impact, your performance, you also increase your satisfaction. And all what we will discuss around psychological safety, when you have it, you feel better. And if you feel better, there's all the other, all the other aspects that are coming with that. So I think it's important for, for, the, for the business and for the people. And so it's important for the business. That's a very good connection, actually, right? It's important for the, the people, for the business, and therefore also for the people. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm thinking, right, so if I'm an associate sitting anywhere in the world working for Red Hat, how can these people start really looking around themselves, wondering or questioning, saying, okay, how do I feel about this situation? How can they detect, right, the environment they're in? Are there any strategies? Are there any maybe tips that you would like to share? There, there's, um, there's two things that I, I, I really like is 
The first thing is start to realize, to catch yourself not speaking up. When you have an idea, you know, that that's, for example, there's one case that is, is always happening to me. I don't remember well the acronyms, what they mean. Mm-hmm. And in a conversation when someone uses acronyms, sometimes I know I know it, but I don't remember what it means. And I don't understand the, the context and I don't understand what is going on if I don't understand the acronym. What should I do? Sometimes I caught myself not asking and I'm saying, why? Why am I not asking? It's a simple question. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and sometimes I'm comfortable to ask and I'm asking. Usually what I realize is when I'm comfortable to ask those kind of questions, especially at the beginning of the meeting, there's more questions in the meeting. If I'm not, sometimes you can have the whole presentation and there's no question. Right. What is going on there? So if I can catch myself not asking things, not feeling comfortable, I know that there's a problem. Now, if I am aware of the problem, how could I make the others aware of the problem? And the, the nice thing with psychological safety is there's a simple survey that you can run for your team. You can run that anonymously, and then you have the results, and then you can discuss the results. But that's probably something we can discuss a little bit later, how to assess psychological safety. Um, Alexi, I think you, you use this survey a lot in, in your former role. When- yeah, absolutely. We, we, we did that. We, we tried to, do, to encourage teams to use the survey. Mm-hmm. We thought it was a really good idea to encourage others to do it. And of course, we looked at ourselves and say, okay, yeah, we probably need to do it ourselves to, to understand what is going on. And we use the survey, you know, that are simple questions like, uh, when someone makes a mistake on my team, it is often held uh, against him or her. And you go, the scale goes from strongly disagree to strongly agree. And so we did the survey, we got the results, and there was one question on which we were already surprised. So we looked at the, the results as a team, and we were lo- all looking at each other because there was answers that we were not able to really understand why the scale was used nearly completely, because we were all assuming that we were already a good team. So how to discuss that? And so we said, okay, let's, let's try to work with someone else, someone exterior to the team, to help us understand why we have that issue. And that was really, really interesting to hear after that the, the, the feedback on, on all the interviews they did. And we learned a lot about some behavior that we had that we are preventing people to say some things at some point in the conversation. So that, uh, that was in my team, people are sometimes re- rejected for being different. We, we are not realizing that sometimes you say things and sometimes you don't say things because you think that you are the only one thinking that way. Yeah, that imposter syndrome, I, I think it very nicely tails with what you were saying earlier around that. You, you notice when you're not comfortable and you don't, say something it's kind of our brains tricking us and thinking oh i, I can't say that because everyone will judge me and everyone will think i'm i'm stupid and i will not be respected whereas what actually happens 90 percent of the time or more when you say i'm sorry what does that acronym mean or uh, could you just say that again you're talking a bit quickly people go oh okay and say it and it's just five seconds that's all it takes and then you actually know what's going on while you were um, sharing your example, Alexi, I was thinking, how would this work with people with a low or teams with a low degree of psychological safety? So, very let, good question. 
Some people are even anxious, yeah. And then you do the survey. Um, how can this team then discuss? Yeah, the 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 thing is, if I take other question, it is difficult to ask other members of my team for help, mm -hmm. or members of my team value and respect each other's contribution, or in my team it is easy to discuss difficult issues and problems. If you do the survey, you have all those questions on the strongly disagree side. You cannot discuss the results as a team. Yeah. Uh, now you know that you have a problem that you cannot discuss as a team. At least you are aware of it. Because I've seen teams that were not psychologically safe. And um, the team leader or the manager was in denial on, on, around that. He was his thoughts when you ask him, he said, yeah, no, everything is fine. That we, we are already a great team. And say, um, no, it's not exactly what a great team is from that perspective. Yes, maybe he was the only one who felt psychologically safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny that it's the person in charge who feels okay to say all these things. Right. Um, so, yeah. so I, I'm giving that example, mm. but sometimes it's not. It's not only one person. It's a. It's a two or three that think everything is fine because they know each other for ever, forever, and the others that are new to the group don't feel the same, but don't feel comfortable to say it. So it's not necessarily the manager I'm caricaturing there, but that mm -hmm. could be just a subgroup of the team that feels okay while the others don't feel okay. Yeah, and when this is the outcome, I think this would be probably a typical case. Uh, you know you have to, to work on this. You cannot work on this with the team alone, so you would need a external or a, a, another person who is not part of the team uh, to, to moderate this discussion. Yeah, absolutely. We, we worked with our uh, um, people team business partner uh, in, in, uh, in, in someone from uh, Red Hat University. So that was, that was really cool. That's how we, we found people that all the team were okay to trust, that they will handle the information in total confidentiality. And we work our, our, our things out. We were not in a dramatical situation. That was, uh, it was just uh, the scale was just a little bit larger than what we wanted. But that's, uh, that was already interesting. I find it very interesting and very inspiring that you went through this process with your own team, right? And as you said, it doesn't have to be necessarily a disaster, but there is also the room for improvement, right? I think sometimes, you know, people can be just be nice in a team, but creating that extra space, right, for safety, there is always room, right, to, to improve that. So I would be very curious in understanding how did you come to the realization that you wanted to do this process with your team, that you wanted to ask those questions? Uh, for, for our team, it was more, we recognize that it's really important and we would like all the teams to do it. So we would like to encourage all the teams to do it. And we recognize that if we want all the teams to invest some time to do something, probably should start with us and to see what, what happens mm -hmm. and to try to understand what could happen. So that was not something in our team that was specific. The trigger was we would like to have all our teams doing it. Let's do it first and, and lead by example on that. And that was the part that was interesting. You don't need to wait for something. You just have to try it. It's just a, just a five-minute survey. But the results can be really interesting because they are surprising sometimes. And then probably you cannot fix it immediately, but at least you are aware that you have a problem that was invisible before. 
And I think the, the good thing at Red Hat, when I look at RAS, at the Red Hat Associate Survey and the results, even in currently uh, after very difficult months due to the very special COVID situation, the, the results are still great. We have a very high percentage of associates who would recommend great, uh, Red Hat as a place to work. And we have some items quite related to the idea of psychological safety where we have also good scores. So we are, I think, in many cases, more talking about making a good um, team excellent. So it's not um, making, yeah, working on something where we really have a problem. It's really more of getting the next or the, the, the last 5% or 10% of, of performance or high performance. I think this is really interesting because I we were talking about this in the unconscious bias training, right? How you know, some biases are unconscious, right? <laughs> and uh, they sometimes express themselves in a way that we don't fully realize. And it's easy sometimes to make some people feel a bit alienated, you know, or maybe not... Alienated? What does alienated mean? I just learned from Alexia, I should just ask when. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> it's working, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, alienated means that they are from... They come from a different place. For example, to give a very specific example, right? Say maybe somebody doesn't feel comfortable giving presentations, mm -hmm. um, but the manager is trying to push the, this person to have a bit more visibility because maybe it's good for their career, right? So the, the manager has a reasonable point to push the other person, but maybe this associate feels stressed, right? And it can be a very micro, I don't know if I would call it microaggression, but it could be a micro stressful moment. But it's something that can, I think, easily be tackled if there is the confidence and the safety talking with the manager and saying, you know what, I really don't feel confident about this. And from there, the manager has the information to start a conversation, right, about this and say, okay, you know, let's talk about this. And that, I think, is the beauty of the idea of psychological safety is that it opens the door to so many conversations and so many possibilities that are sometimes hidden under the silence. So I was wondering now, um, Bastian, from your experience, like working in HR, is psychological safety something that you find, you know, that resounds with the people that you speak with in Red Hat? Definitely. And I think it's definitely worth putting more focus on this. I think this is indirectly often a topic for us. So coming back again to the Red Hat Associates survey, we have also items regarding um, diversity and inclusion. And I feel respected when I share my ideas, even if they are different. So this is really connected to this. But it's then, yeah, we, we have very many topics when we look at Red Hat Associates survey or when we uh, talk about our culture and we never had a dedicated focus on psychological safety. And I think the, the power of this is that it has a proven relation to, to high performance. And with this, people will, will really take care. If I'm correct, um, some teams, I think um, CEE does included psychological safety items in a quarterly survey already. Very and nice. I think there are discussions how to, to include this um, also in the, in the RAS survey. And I think this is really a great thing. And the, while we were talking, I was thinking how we could include this even when we have interviews. This is, 
could be extremely powerful and help to, to really also make sure we, we hire people that feel comfortable working at Red Hat and know what they would expect and, and vice versa. Have you discussed this, Alexi, when you worked with, uh, with your teams, with MedHex team also? Yeah, it, it was a goal for us. We, are, we, we, we wanted to have a shared key result on uh, psychological safety so that we can work with all the teams involved in the, in the product and technology part. So yeah, it was important enough. The thing is, it's also something that cannot really come only from the top because that needs to be at the level of the team. So you would like to, to encourage teams to really do it. And it's not necessarily the managers of the team that can launch the survey. That can be one team member. That's a you don't need that. You, you don't even need the manager approval. I know that in some environment you probably need your manager approval, but that's another problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's something interesting because then you can you can discover uncover something from for for your team. That's that's the one 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 big thing. So yes, it was important. Yet you are opening to another topic that is what happens in uh, interview in the wall hiring process, mm -hmm. and. I have to admit that I don't remember that we, we discussed that. Uh, we discussed a lot of things around hiring to make sure that we are we understand the kind of biases that we, we put in place, understand the kind of practices that we put in place, not consciously, that prevent people either to apply or to be hired when they mm -hmm. apply and then, then when they have an interview. And um, incredibly interesting because there's a lot of studies that have been made. So there's a lot of material available that shows that there's a lot of practices that are totally wrong and that are preventing people to apply. Mm. Like the long bullet, bullet list of uh, things that are mandatory that will uh, discourage. For example, I've, I've read a story about that. If you have a long list of mandatory things for the profile that will discourage many women to apply, and men will look at this and saying, oh, yeah, I, have, I tick three of the, of the nine box. I'm good. And of course, it's a caricature. I'm seeing men and women there, but this is obviously more subtle. Those practices creating that discomfort that are unsafe for people, and they will not even apply. But now, if you think of that during the interview, it's also something. Do you want to interview people that are at their best, or do you want to interview people that are really uncomfortable? Exactly, yeah. and and there's a, there's a lot on that, and we are encouraged to uh, to use really in our interviews to focus on a specific uh, competency to make sure that we ask all, only the same question to people when we interview several people for the same same role. This is really hard, but this is really interesting because then you realize that you would have behaved totally differently with some people. And I, I was on a panel last week, so I remember that vividly. There were some people I was instantly comfortable with them. And I don't know why, of course. And that's the part that is unconscious. I am biased toward them during the, the interview process. But I had my list of questions, so that I needed to go through that. So uh, that, was, that was hard. And there was other people I felt immediately uncomfortable with them. I didn't know why. But there was something. But I had my list of questions, and on some of them, I was forced to recognize that they were doing great. Now, of course, I think you cannot be completely psychologically safe and totally comfortable in an interview. Uh, there's, there's a lot at stake. 
and and uh, the relationship is not uh, even. You are not peers. It's not completely true. But at least you can you can try to balance a little bit more that to make the candidates more comfortable. It will not be perfect, but it can be much better. You need to watch yourself because you will you will necessarily go in a wrong direction if you if you are not strict and you if you don't watch yourself really really carefully. I absolutely love that. Because it, 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 it's so difficult because, as you say, it is an unconscious bias by its very definition. You've got to think there's a certain level, even when you are aware that you may have biases, it doesn't prevent them from happening. And then you've got to think another level for people who don't even acknowledge that they might have a hint of those biases. It's a very difficult thing to kind of create an even playing field instantly over time, especially when this is this is one thing I find interesting is when you have companies who do have a great culture, and I truly believe Red Hat does have a wonderful culture. How do you balance that wanting to keep a culture that's really great that you really enjoy? How do you keep that culture whilst recognizing the increasing diversity of thought, diversity in any kind of spectrum? Do you see those almost as opposing things can a culture continue to thrive without almost it becoming an echo chamber or is there a, a bit of a balance that needs to be found there i i think you're making really a good point and uh, i don't see that opposed in our culture if you look at at our values we want to balance courage freedom courage accountability and uh, commitment oh yeah commitment if you look at that <laughs> we want to balance freedom courage accountability and commitment. There's nothing in those values that don't tell you that you want or you can have a really diverse crowd of people working on those values. But there's something that tells you that you can have a team that embody courage and that can exclude people and ignore other perspectives. And I think that's where the open organization is really strong and really interesting because we know that inclusivity is one of the characteristics that is really important. So you cannot have courage if you are not inclusive and if you have not demonstrated inclusivity. Because then, uh, yeah, maybe someone can demonstrate courage, but all the others are quiet. Is it courage? Probably not. Is it really freedom? No, of course not. You are not free if you are not able to speak up. Mm. Or if you are not able to say, oh, you know what? I would like to try this. Let's take half a day to think about that idea and to work on that idea, and so we can we can really see if it's uh, if it's something interesting to pursue. I, I don't see that as exclusive. I see that as really something that will help us to grow better, even better than what we are today, and really to foster a re really better open and inclusive meritocracy. Yeah, I was just thinking when we think about open source communities. Yeah, and how op open source teams work and why they are so successful. Maybe it's because, let's say, the setup allows really psychological safety. There's not much room for biases. Yeah, You don't see the people you work with. You just look at the contribution and you have a, common, a goal. You can have very, very diverse people with different thoughts and ideas and opinions probably as long as you have a common a common goal or purpose you work on and um, it would be difficult if this is not defined then if you have very diverse teams and they work in different directions then it can get probably 
chaotic and unproductive. Can I say, you know, at this point, imagine all the two million of our listeners, right, that we have at every single episode, (laughs) even though it's just episode three, but all three million of them right now are thinking, okay, I'm completely sold. I love this. How do I do this? So we were mentioning before there is a survey somewhere. I would love for us, or for Alexia and, and Bastian, to go kind of on a step-by-step kind of guide to to explain maybe to other associates what is this survey, how does it work, how can they start one of these, and what can they expect out of it? Yep. So the, the survey is really simple. You can create your own survey in a in whatever survey tool that you you want to use, you just need to make sure that enables anonymity because you want that survey to be anonymous. The scale are going from strongly disagree to strongly agree. And I would recommend that you have seven points on your scale. So you have enough to to see how it would spread on the scale because it's really rare that people strongly agree or strongly disagree with something. So that's you need need some space on the scale. And then you have six questions. So, of course, we would put the, the reference in the, in the resource, but let's go through those questions. And as I go through those questions, you can try to answer in your head where you would put yourself on that scale for your team. So, first question. When someone makes a mistake on my team, it is often held against him or her. Where are you? So, I'm not asking you to say it loud because it's an anonymous server, you remember? Second question. In my team... It is easy to discuss difficult issues and problems. Strongly disagree? Strongly agree? Let's see. Third question. In my team, people are sometimes rejected for being different. Where are you on that scale? And remember, when people will read different, they will all read different in a different way. I'm I'm the only French guy on that call, for example. (laughs) But is it really a problem in that group? It seems not. They even accept my English, so it seems it's okay. I would probably say, yeah, oh, no, I'm cool. Next question. It is completely safe to take a risk on my team. Not that completely is a trigger. So it's an interesting one. Uh, you will have trouble to be strongly agree or strongly disagree. That's, uh, that's always interesting to see how the questions are framed. And I would encourage you not to rewrite the questions. There's, there's really bright people who worked on them. It is difficult to ask other members of my team for help. Members of my team value and respect each other's contribution. And you're done. People will position their dots on the scale and you have your results. You have a a nice bar chart for each of the questions and you look at where you are. And in a psychologically safe team, all the dots will be at the same place. And I bet that in your team, all the dots will not be at the same place because that's how it is. And if it is, Jen, you, you need to call me because I want to visit one of your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably too. really cool and really energetic. To witness the magic. <laughs> and all agree. <laughs> I really love that. Yeah, so, so the, I, I completely agree. Excellent set of questions. The one, the one tiny thing I'd point out, this relates to the fourth question of people allowed to be different. And that's, I think it said uh, something something like him, her. I'd, all I'd do is change that to, to them. Gender is a spectrum. Um, that's the only thing but it's overall having that survey and getting that data is really important but what's the next step so if i've if i've got all this data which shows that our team could could be doing better in multiple ways what can i do next uh from a bottom-up approach 
So let's say now you have, you have your, your answers. And the problem is, what will you do with the answers? So my guess is, let's say it's not a catastrophe. You are not all the, all the answers on one side or the other of the scale because all the questions are not framed in the same way. So that's not... There's probably one question that the team will find more interesting to work on. And you will not necessarily be able to work on all the questions. But maybe pick one and say, okay, that question, this is really something we could work on. That's something we are all interested in working on. Uh, because we all see the connection with our work. So there's probably one question that is interesting. And I would start with that. And I'm wondering, like, if I was, um, let's imagine a, a team, right, that run the survey. Maybe the team doesn't know how to take the next steps. Maybe the manager finds that there are some, you know, things that need to be addressed. Uh, and maybe doesn't know how to start the conversation, right? Are there any resources available within Red Hat for them to kickstart, let's say, the conversation? Yeah, one thing they could um, always do and uh, is to to connect with with their um, HR partner. So if um, we have regional HR partners, we have a business partner who, who are the HR partners for for function. Connect and um, just reach out, and they will always guide you to the to the right person to support. As far as I know, we don't have till now, let's say, a complete programmatic guideline how to work with this. But I think uh, it might make sense anyway to to consult with someone how to focus because every situation can be unique and a bit different. But this is uh, one one thing they could could do. Um, and ideally, maybe reach out before they they do the survey. Yeah. Um, in in some cases, it might make sense that third person sends the survey. Imagine you have a team and. Uh, People don't feel psychologically uh, safe um, due to their manager. And then the manager sends out a Google survey. Mm -hmm. They would probably feel not, they would feel medium safe to, <laughs> to answer. Yeah? That's a good point. That's a very good point. So let's say, of course, HR is one um, strong resource, right? That people can go towards too. Of course, we will add all the questions that Alexi mentioned to the show notes as well and in the transcript um, of the, the podcast as well. So if anybody's interested, you can find them here. I was also wondering, Alexi, I remember that you did like an intervention during an all-hands call with our larger marketing group, which was very well received. Is it possible for people to reach out maybe for you know, asking for advices or just an opinion? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I would discuss that with really with great pleasure. There's also other uh, like-minded or interested people on the topic. And they, I know that they join a, a chat group. So uh, you can look for psychological safety. There's a group for that. And you can probably ask questions or or discuss the topic there. That, that, would, be a, that would be also a, an interesting way to connect with other people and maybe find that they experienced similar things as, as you are or they have they have ideas on how to tackle some of them that is brilliant we'll add this as well actually the chat room i will go and look it up actually immediately after the show <laughs> it's, um, yeah it's just psychological safety is all you need to search for that should work <laughs> difficult difficult for now <laughs> so um i think we are getting towards the end of the episode and first of all of course i want to say a huge thank you to alexi and to bastian for being our first guests in the the podcast first of all but to talk about such an important topic i i'm hugely passionate about psychological safety i think it's tremendously important so this conversation means 
a lot to me and I'm sure a lot to Aiden, but oh, a lot sure. of people listening to us. Thank you very much for having us on the show. Uh, it's, uh, it was a great pleasure to discuss the topic. Yeah, thanks a lot. Really great. And I think it's really, um, the more we think about it, it's a, in the core of, of an open culture. Oh, 100%. Uh, Damiano, anything from you that you can think of before we wrap up? I have so many things, like, this is just the beginning, right? Because I I really want to keep talking about this. And I think some of the next episodes, spoiler alert, uh, we will touch about different aspects, maybe on how, you know, we feel at work in general. And all of these things belong, I think, in this very important umbrella of psychological safety. So... I think it's also beautiful to hear from our listeners. If there is any idea or anybody feels like sharing their experience, we would love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to join the podcast as well, just drop us an email. We, we I would say we're a pretty friendly bunch, right? And we're pretty... Uh, Alexi, we had a good time, right? <laughs> a loaded question if I ever heard one. Yes. Right? Yes. If there, you ever heard one. <laughs> no, it, I must say it was, was the first podcast it was i think a good example and you did a, uh, a great job uh, we or in this case i felt felt very comfortable and and free to to add my thoughts so bastian would you say this is the best podcast you've ever been on yeah i was i was nearly about to say i'm a quite <laughs> reflective person but yes i would completely agree it definitely was <laughs> No, that is just right. wonderful for, for your first <laughs> podcast bastion an absolute natural uh, as is alexi as always I've, I've heard that you have your own podcast as well alexi where can people find out more about that yeah that's you you can probably find it on your favorite platform uh, except uh, one that i'm not able to submit uh, to that i don't understand why yet so it's called le podcast and you can find it on alexis.monville.com and uh yeah uh, I would I would love to have uh, uh, new listeners and uh, new questions, new topic that I should cover. Uh, our two last episodes were about the job of an open leader, maybe something that you would be interested in, and uh, mm -hmm. human-centric uh, agility coaching, which was a really great one. And the next one that will be published soon is uh, about OKRs by... With, the, with one guest that is the author of uh, Radical Focus, a really great book that I would recommend to you. Nice. So that's all for the advertising part. Of <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, I'll exactly. definitely be tuning into that. That sounds incredible. <laughs> that is wonderful. Friends, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I want to really, really say thank you. And um, as always, we look forward to continuing the conversation anywhere, really. And... Uh, Aiden, I will talk to you very soon because it's always a pleasure sharing the hosting chair with you. Likewise, looking forward to the next one. Uh, thank you everyone at home for listening or at home or work. Uh, there isn't really a divide between the two, but thank you. Hope you're having an excellent day. Uh, always please feel free to reach out um, whenever you're just about anything. It's, it's difficult, um, but reaching out and talking about how you're really feeling is key. And remember, it's okay. Not to be Not okay. Not to be okay. <laughs> One day we'll get it at the same time. <laughs> Take Bye care, now. everyone. Ciao.